Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, hello everybody. Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching and I'm here to discuss with you the juggling act. When we're thinking about what you're stuck in, you know, the, the frustrating, cycle of dealing with meltdowns day in and day out, watching your kid or kids argue, get frustrated and feel stuck over and over and over again all day, day in, day out. I want to support you in noticing how when your child is in the middle of a meltdown, you can support your child as well as noticing how to get out of that, that stuck component where you're, where you're feeling fried, right? Feeling like you're giving up, not knowing how to solve the problem. And this is a symptom of the meltdown cycle. So it's super crucial to understand the difference between being stuck in a meltdown cycle where your child is going through those meltdowns over and over again and daily meltdowns or every other day or multiple times a day. We work with lots of families who are experiencing multiple times a day meltdowns. And this is different than parenting a highly sensitive child. A highly sensitive child who's stuck in the meltdown cycle needs a certain set of skills and their parents are the ones who need to teach them. So that's why we're talking to you. So when you think about being able to shift out of this dynamic, first I wanna talk about the, the challenges that you might be having, right? We have lots of parents who are wondering how to break out of this cycle, who don't know how to um, to stop feeling stuck in dealing with the meltdowns day in and day out, and when we're when you're in that stuck experience, it's important to know what to do systematically, right, in order to break out of it. So let's uh, let's break it down, okay? Um, one of the challenges that we see often for parents of highly sensitive kids is not knowing how to stop the the pattern that you're in all right and so when you're in that juggling act of seeing that your highly sensitive child is feeling a big emotion is worried you notice that that emotion uh, ramping up, there's a bell curve of a mel- of a meltdown cycle, right? There's uh, zero to sixty. It can often feel like for parents of highly sensitive children. But what we teach our our clients to notice is the difference between a zero to sixty bell curve and the slow ramp that you might not have noticed. So I'm going to speak about it in in terms of the true cycle, which is a which is a, a bell curve. And when you're stuck in that component of of not knowing when the meltdown's gonna happen, how to stop it, and how to get your child out on the other side, the first question that a lot of parents ask when they start to see their child feel upset, whether that be disappointed, frustrated, stuck, mad, sad, whatever, is how to cease it from, from escalating, right? How do, you, how do you acknowledge your child's emotions? How do you help your child notice that they're feeling big feelings so that it doesn't turn into big behaviors, right? 
And this is the piece where you start going laser focused uh, as a parent. And that experience for you can can feel like a juggling act like you have multiple balls um, in the air, whether that be just, you know, trying to get dinner on the table, or trying to get your child to stay at the table to finish school, um, their schoolwork, trying to help your other child who might be either the catalyst for your highly sensitive child's frustration, or the victim from your highly sensitive child's frustration, right? Or both, right? And so if you have multiple children in the house or your spouse is there as well, if, you're, if there's multiple parents in the house, grandparents, etc., more than one, you know, you and your child experience, this, this just makes those balls almost unbearable. And for some parents, it does feel unbearable on a daily basis, not knowing how to break out of the cycle. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to totally understand where you're stuck, how to break out of it, and one of the challenges that we hear a lot of parents uh, speak about is the, the fear that you might have about not knowing where to hold a line where your child is, you know, with their, with their behaviors when you're trying to help your child feel understood, right? So today I want to talk about three specific skills that you need to learn as a parent, uh, parenting a highly sensitive child in order, they're crucial in order to break out of that meltdown cycle, okay? So when we think about the, the frustration component, I want to look at this in, in terms of um, three specific skills. But first and foremost, we have to, we have to review a little bit of, of background, right? If you're parenting a highly sensitive child, it's super crucial to notice and remember the science behind how your child is going to learn skills. Your child learns skills through you, okay? Um, there's been research going on since the 60s about highly sensitive people, sensitive people who are born um, into, into environments that are invalidating struggle more, they fare worse, right? So we think about, think about uh, Boyce's research that he started in the 90s, um, that he started in the 90s. He, know, he, he discusses how highly sensitive children either fare the worst of them all or the best of them all, depending on their connective relationship with their children. So this is not just Elaine Aaron's stuff, right? You know, it's here from parents who might have just started listening to what we have to say or who are trying to get their co-parent to just start listening to what we have to say. Um, it's super crucial to know that if you're parenting a highly sensitive child, your relationship with your child and how connective your child feels to, to parents in the home is a is the the paramount factor in how your child fares in their future. So pay attention to the skills that you need to learn in order to break out of that meltdown cycle because you are the catalyst. You are the the um, avenue for change for your highly sensitive child. So the skills that we need to uh, support you in learning, right? Because you know how do how do we how do we break out of this? Um, the three that I want to talk about are the ability to triage, the ability to talk, and the ability to track, okay? So I felt um, snappy today. I was gonna <laughs> be a little snazzy and, and, and move with the three T's. That's what we're doing today, okay? Um, super clever. So 
we think about what we're focusing on, the first skill is to be able to triage the experience of that meltdown, right? Now, what does triage mean? Triage means the ability to notice the highest level of intensity, the highest level of need, and then how to solve that problem, right? So we think about the medical perspective, you know, many of our clients work in the helping field or, or in medicine or are familiar with medicine. <laughs> um, you're going to focus on the highest need first, right? Now, what we see parents get stuck on is what what indicates a highest need, right? Because when we think about the biggest challenge that you might be having in parenting a sensitive child, most parents will waffle between holding a firm limit, right? Being able to hold the hard line, the highest need your child ha- needs is to know that you can be reliable, right? Um, and they may move that to the other end of the spectrum, even further beyond that spectrum, which is that they need to be firm, right? And so firmness might indicate a um, frown, if you're a parent, might indicate a serious face, might indicate flat uh, facial expressions, might indicate rigid posture in your body, body language, right? And for your child, who is also in rigid, angry body posture, you're matching them, okay? So it's really important to not go all the way to the end of that spectrum. And when you're triaging needs and your child needs to follow the hard line of not, you know, of keeping their hands to themselves or not calling you names or, um, you know, communicating their their needs in an effective way without tossing the paper and crumpling it or shutting the Chromebook or throwing it even – It's super crucial for you to know how to triage your child's needs because if it's difficult for you to prioritize what behavior you need to focus on first, then your child's not going to be able to know how to not make mountains out of molehills, right? We see lots of highly sensitive children without skills struggle to let challenges roll off their back. Now, I say this with emphasis because we see all sorts of highly sensitive kids, whether that be in my private practice or uh, in the coaching company, operate and move through challenge. And they do that swiftly and seamlessly when their parents can guide them there. So it's super important that you, you know, part of our mission at, at MTC is that you are not attributing challenges that your child is having to the personality trait just because you don't have a system of of getting out of the ineffective behaviors that you're seeing, okay? So we see this where parents will then move to the other end of the spectrum, right? Well, I need to be, you know, I need to be consistent, but I also want my child to consistently feel loved and connected, right? Understood, validated, you know, that they're not broken or that their emotion isn't wrong, This is attachment parenting, right? And so when we think about the other end of that spectrum, the the, the far end is what I like to call the, the love cloud, right? Here, sweetheart, everything's fine. We'll solve the problem together. And or this problem is absolutely solvable. Well, guess what? Your kid doesn't have the skills to know that it's solvable. They are in the moment and they have no freaking clue and they don't believe you, right? So what happens? That can ramp them up too. Because we already know, toll the hard line, you know, frown, you know, God forbid, yell at, at your kid, say, you know, I will not tolerate this. This is unacceptable in my household. If I was this age, you know, and, and I did that to my parents, they would they would X, Y, Z, right? We all know what our parents might have, could have, should have, would have done if we talked to our parents like that. 
um, or if we hit our siblings this frequently, or if we lost our minds at five, six, seven, eight on a daily basis. But the bottom line is, if you don't know how to help your child notice that they have the ability to manage their own emotions and to do that safely, it is in one ear and out the other. And that brings me to my next point, how to talk to your child, right? You're you're an adult. So verbal communication is your means of communication, but children communicate through play. So guess what? When your kid's losing their mind, who's playful? (laughs) That's a skill you need to build, right? Because in that moment, you're either, oh boy, you poor thing. And you're trying to be a love cloud and, and, you know, let me, let me hug you and snuggle you and, and rock you like you're two, but wait a minute, you're seven, you don't want to be rocked or you don't feel like you should be rocked because you feel like a baby or I don't want to rock you because you're not two, you're seven and I don't want to send the wrong message, right? So... With that being said, we see lots of parents who have that urge to use corporal punishment because they are on the other end of that spectrum, feeling like their kid could could um, coulda shoulda woulda just used a, a good spanking because that's maybe how you were raised, right? But you know that you'll never do that to your kid, and your spouse knows that they'll never do that to their kid if you're in a two-parent household, and so then you feel frozen and powerless. Now, when we talk about talking. To your child, right? Skill number two, it's very important to understand how your child's brain works, but not just from a place of communicating playfully, right? Because that would be a huge disconnect. If you, if your child is screaming, yelling, and um, and 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 hitting, and you started going like my uncle Joe used to do when he didn't know how to talk to us, that's not congruent either. That doesn't match up with your kid's demeanor, right? That feels like a distraction. And so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being a clown in your own home. I'm talking about being able to notice when your child is available for communication, available for learning, and is capable of thinking that they can do something different than freak out, right? Or feel like the sky is falling or literally feel consumed by their emotions, right? And that's different than knowing that the, that, that, you know, the world is ending in that moment. Because for you, your child in that moment, when they can't, you know, when their teacher's about to call on them and they don't know what to say and they slam that Chromebook or shut or they fear that their teacher might call on them, but you just had a conversation with the teacher and the teacher said, no, 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 I won't call on your kid. I already know that they have performance anxiety and they're struggling. But your kid's fear is not tapped in to the reassurance that you've been giving them for the last six weeks. Then the challenge you're having at this point is not being able to translate how you're talking to your child and how your child is communicating back to you. And so that's a super crucial skill that you need to develop as a parent, because at that point, you're not speaking the same language. And this is where the frustration builds as a, as a high, parent of a highly sensitive child. Now, if you're highly sensitive yourself, that may go very swiftly to resentment. Because if you're carrying that empathy for your child, and you're stuck in this, you can feel like you're wading through mud. And then you're also trying to weigh, you know, be like Atlas with the with the world on your shoulders, trying to carry all of those balls, right? Juggling literally Atlas's balls. <laughs> that didn't come out right. The You know, the big world on the back of, of that of that um, 
of that statue, right? So, so the size of those balls feel heavier and the size of what you're juggling and the weight and the depth feel lumpier and bumpier and sharper depending on how you started your day or how you experienced your day, especially if you're highly sensitive. And so if you're not highly sensitive and then you're parenting your, your highly sensitive child, you might not notice that they experience the world in a completely different way. And so, so just whether you're highly sensitive as a parent or not, speaking your child's language and being able to communicate is the make or break difference between thinking that your kid's talking about their feelings and knowing your kid is communicating from their feelings from the depth of their soul and they're trying to communicate their needs and knowing for sure that they are building insight that they're building self that they're communicating their own self-awareness and that you can trust them to then make more effective choices and ask for your help if they don't know how to do it right that is the difference between your kid just telling you what they think you want to hear because they love you not because they're sociopathic because they love you and they want to please you and because they want to survive there's also an, an evolutionary need here right they don't want to disappoint you they don't want to be rejected by you for their own survival right the difference between that and whether or not your child is truly communicating and building insight and being able to move forward because they can slow down their body, their brain, and their behavior. And that is the skill that you need to build as a parent in terms of talking to your child about their emotions, right? Now, when we see parents trying to figure this out, we often also see the struggle uh, and the assessment of trying to take it day by day. Oh, well, you know what? Today he did a really good job communicating his feelings. So I think we're on the right track, right? And so this brings me to my next, you know, my third third skill that you, you need to, to, um, to develop, and that is the system to track progress. You need to develop the skill to effectively track your child's progress, right? So when we think about being your child's emotion coach, if you will, right? Um, not to, you know, steal Gottman language or whatever. This is a, the, the, the skill for you as a parent is to not constantly be stuck in telling your child what to do and how to do it and how to um, play, right? Life, play the game of life. But to give them the overview, teach specific skills, and to help them play their own games, play their own games of life, whether that be learning school in school, whether that be learning in, through homework, whether that be learning and developing their relationships at home, in friendships, right, in extracurricular activities. Your child is their own human. They are not your puppet. And so you need to be able to track, are they learning what I'm trying to teach them, right? And that is not just trackable through behavior, it's super crucial to understand that because two weeks from now, you need to know whether or not you've moved the needle or not. And highly sensitive children, depending on where they, where they, you know, where they start from, you might not see dramatic change in two weeks. But in six weeks, if you're trying to fix this problem, especially on your own and you haven't been able to turn this around by then, 
you could be six weeks gone in the other direction if you don't solve the problem uh, in an effective way and you don't devise a plan to track progress. Okay, so that's super crucial to understand the difference between parents who take a day by day and um, use that cliche as a crutch and parents who take it by day, day by day and actually move the needle forward and see progress when they look back two weeks, you know, two weeks ago, uh, th- six weeks ago, you know, eight, 10 weeks ago, et cetera. So when we think about being able to fast track that progress, that has to happen in a systematic way. We think about being able to balance the, 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 the boundaries that you're setting with your highly sensitive child, especially if you're parenting more than one kid, uh, especially if you and your co-parent don't have the same perspective on how you should solve the problem. It's really crucial to, to remember the three T's, okay? You need to be able to um, triage your child's intense emotions, right? You need to be able to triage your child's skill set and triage your child's needs in the moment when you're breaking down that pattern. You need to be able to talk about emotions and know how your child is talking about emotions and communicate with them in a way that they actually digest the information and help themselves move forward in their skill set. And then lastly, you need to be able to track that. You need to be able to track how your child is making progress because without those skills, you're going to perpetuate the pattern. Now, if you haven't already checked out the, the masterclass where we talk about the five uh, steps towards breaking out of this cycle, make sure that you, you capture that because when we think about parents who stay stuck in this, who see the frustration that they are experiencing day in and day out and they get their wires crossed with their, their child and their communication patterns and they, they uh, feel helpless at home, they really are missing these three skills. So um, they're... they're they're super crucial not only to to start to gain to gain now, but also to be able to sustain and, and maintain. And you need accountability and support to do that because the the tracking component around noticing what's a win, what's a celebration, right? What's working well, that all happens in context. So you guys will see how we 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 show our clients celebrations and what's working, and you see the client results that we get. And oftentimes parents who are celebrating that something is working when they first start working with us they they don't see the wins in in where their child is making progress and and that takes expert um not only expert perspective but also expert analysis to turn that around so when you feel stuck and you don't know how to break out of it and you've already been trying these three t's because you're smart like you've been working at this you're a dedicated parent right if you've already been trying to set up this system and it hasn't worked for you, or if you're ready to fast track it and you're done waiting to watch your child grow up without skills, then definitely book a call because we encourage you to have a conversation with a member of my team. We're gonna have a conversation about where you're stuck, whether or not we can help you break out of that and and understand your goals and support you in reaching those goals. And if that's the case, then we will absolutely tell you how that works. And if I feel like there's something that's going to be more efficient or effective than my team or myself, we will tell you how, um, how to break the pattern in your household. Because the biggest challenge that we see parents get, um, get stuck in is 
not knowing how to systematically break out of the meltdown cycle. So the, the frustration that most parents uh, experience is a tunnel vision experience. I'm all about the tease today <laughs> of just feeling like you're only making progress in that one particular meltdown, but not knowing how to help your child generalize the skills outside of that meltdown. And so this is something that we help our clients do. And with that being said, I don't know if I can help you or what will help you gain these skills until we have a conversation because every family is unique, different, and uh, each, you know, even though what we do is systematic, we have to apply it in a way that teaches your particular sensitive child so that they actually digest it. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.